Mix Weekend and uh, donating your services for the Push for Peace next Saturday, July 25th, 1 p.m. at Brooklyn Borough Hall. It's going down, Martian. Thanks for having me, Lisa. I can't wait. Oh, no, I totally can't wait. And you're going to play some of our favorite theme songs, too, right? Like, I'm so blessed, Big Sean. I'm on one. You know it. You saw what I just did to this radio. (laughs) You know it. We were all dancing here. We've got a very serious topic. We're all dancing here in the studio. Getting ready. Get the crowd moving. But uh, thank you so much for donating your time. And we're going to be out there. We got a special MC for you, too. We want to announce him a little bit later on in the show who's going to be working the mic, too, as you're doing the uh, turntables and doing the whole thing right there. So DJ Martian is going to be with us in the building at Brooklyn Borough Hall, 1 o'clock next Saturday. If you want more information, go to lisaevers.com and click on Community. Thanks a lot, Martian. Hashtag push for peace. Hashtag push for peace. And use that all week, please. We really appreciate it. Um, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at Lisa Evers, Facebook. Lisa Evers with a blue check check mark that's verified. Now, our focus this episode is what has happened to police community relations in the years since Eric Garner's death from a police chokehold. Have things gotten better or have they grown worse? How are you feeling about what's happening on the streets? We're going to get into that with our guests. We've got an amazing panel. Um, And guests with us here for this episode of Street Soldiers, we're also going to be taking your telephone calls at 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. And as always, this is the time to text your family and friends, no matter where they are around the country, because we're streaming this show live on Hot97.com. But first, I want to let you know about something uh, very, very special happening next week. If you've been a part of our Push for Peace shows in the past in Newark, in the Bronx, last year in Brooklyn, you know how it goes down. It's an amazing event. And also, we do the Street Soldier Show live in a town hall forum, so you can actually have your voice heard right there on the air. It's happening next Saturday, July 25th, 1 p.m. Everybody's invited, and it's all free. That's free. Free, free, free. Mike Medium, free. There is no charge for any of it. It's our Push for Peace Town Hall show and event brought to you by Hot 97 Street Soldiers. And for the second year in a row, um, courtesy of the Brooklyn Borough President, Eric Adams, he's helping to make us pos- this possible for us. So come on out to this free event. Be a part of the audience for a live town hall show. The topic, something very important, especially in Brooklyn, especially in New York City this summer, gangs, guns, and broken lives. Come out early. The pre-show is going to be starting at 1 o'clock. DJ Martian is going to be uh, giving us some music there, giving us the beats, getting it going. Music by Hot 97's own DJ Martian. He will be there. Celebrity appearances. It's going to be emceed by international battle rap champion, the one and only Murder Mook. Get your picture taken with celebrities. We're going to have a celebrity selfie station for the first time. So you can get your own selfie taken with the celebrities that we're going to have on deck. And we're confirming them. The calls are coming in. The texts, the emails are coming in to uh, Team Lisa. As we speak, we have Caesar and Duchess from Black Ink Crew. They were with us last year. They loved it so much. They're back again. We got the entire Money and Violence cast. They're going to be there on deck. We got Papoose. We got... Uh, Pro athletes. We've got a bunch of NFL stars who are going to be stopping by before they start training camp the following week. And uh, it's going to be like a party type atmosphere, but with an important purpose to get out the message push for peace. Plus, we're going to have free food courtesy of 500 men making a difference and all sorts of prizes you can win for free, 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 including headphones, the hottest headphones that are out there. And we still have a little bit of space available for church, community, or youth groups. 
Uh, many of them are already booked, but we still can squeeze in a few more. So if you are working with students, teens, or our youth, hit up executive producer Tone Capone. That's Tone, the number four real, at gmail.com or log on to lisaevers.com and click on the community section. You can get all the info right there. And of course, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Lisa Evers. I've uh, you know been talking about it there and also use the hashtag push for peace. Now, if you've been looking for something positive to take your younger brother or sister, your niece, your nephew, or other youth, this is it. Because it's just, it's very positive. A lot of positive role models out there. And, uh, you know, they can see and feel like they're part of something that's just really making a difference in the community and support all those people working in the community groups that have made our streets safer. Because they're crediting the police department with reducing crime in New York City to historic lows. But a lot, there's been a lot done in the community too by people, and we want to acknowledge that for Push for Peace. But I want to start off the show with uh, talking, you know, with talking to the man who's making this whole Push for Peace possible for another year, Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams. Eric, hi, thank you for joining us. And how are you doing? I'm doing great. We're, we're very excited about next Saturday. Yeah, no, can't thank you enough. Uh, we did it last year, and it was amazing to see uh, just, you know, young people in the building talking about real solutions and real problems and giving their input. So I think it's just a great forum and platform to do this. And we had so many uh, so many positive real-life role models there, too. And I think that was, that was something that's great and that you're very committed to. No, so true. And, you know, oftentimes uh, people walk past uh, this great historical building, downtown Brooklyn and feel as though it is not going to assist or impact their lives in any way. And so when young people for the first time walking inside uh, Ball Hall, you know, being one of the oldest governmental buildings in our uh, um, borough, which used to be a city at one time, uh, it's just a good look for us that we're saying to everyone in the borough of Brooklyn that this is your home and this is the place you should go or come to to discuss these difficult conversations. And it's really great because in one room there and in the other rooms where we have the community groups set up with their tables and with the representatives and with a lot of the youth that have been working to try and keep things cool on the streets and also present alternatives. And then we have that bit in the big courtroom there. We have the town hall forum with the panel and people really get a chance to have their voice heard. And I, re- I really want to thank you for, for making this available to our Hot 97 Street Soldiers audience and, and to all the people who are going to come out. No, thank you. And I, you know, I want to thank Hot 97 and yourself uh, for really understanding that you must be a radio station without walls. You know, your sounds must, you know, cascade throughout the entire borough and city so that young people know that not only can they listen to good sounds, but they can get something solid and sound to help them go through life. And there are just some serious conversations you can have about this violence. Uh, the level of violence that we're seeing and the issues around gangs and how we're going to really deal with this head on. It's just so important to have a forum to do so. They can't all squeeze into uh, your radio booth, but they can all squeeze into Borough Hall and have this conversation there. Definitely. And plus, they'll be able to hear it on Hot 97. Uh, Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams, I want to thank you so, so much, and we'll see you next Saturday. Thank you so much. Thank you.
Thank you. Take care. All right. Take care. Uh, Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams making the push for peace possible in Brooklyn. Again, I want to encourage everybody, come down at 1 o'clock next Saturday. Brooklyn Borough Hall. All trains go right there. If you're coming from um, other parts, it's real easy to get to by transportation, public transportation. We have an amazing lineup, incredible panel, all kinds of surprise celebrity guests, free food courtesy of 500 Men Making a Difference. We're going to have a totally festive atmosphere there, um, thanks to 3 and one entertainment and Wayne and his whole crew they're going to be putting up the balloons like they did last year making it so much fun and music by Hot 97's own DJ Martian so we're going to be talking about that and if you're on the move right now you want more information just remember lisaevers.com slash community or just go to lisaevers.com click on the community section you'll see the flyer you'll see our contact info and we're really reaching out we're trying to really uh, fill the place with community groups especially youth groups we got the rap geniuses coming down they're going to do a little rap battle that should be interesting with Mook taking on the rap geniuses we'll see what happens there and uh, it's going to be a great great afternoon very positive but imparting but fun but as uh, Eric Adams said with an important purpose let me introduce our panel to you and we're going to get to our topic eric garner one year later where are we there were protests everywhere there were thousands tens of thousands of people took to the streets for weeks and weeks there were marches and demonstrations for months but what has really changed that's what we're talking about with our guests at 1-800-223-9797 joining me in studio kenneth j montgomery He's a criminal defense attorney and civil rights attorney, law professor at Fordham University, former prosecutor, and he also works with families who have lost loved ones to police violence. Kenneth, thank you so much for thank being you with for us. Me. We really appreciate it. Also with us is Sinead Nichols. She's a performance artist who took time off from school, from college, in order to get involved and help organize some of the protests and demonstrations. We're going to be hearing from her and why she felt so committed about that. Sinead, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. We appreciate it. Also so with us is Dr. Darren Porcher. He's a criminal justice professor and former NYPD lieutenant. Darren, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. And also joining us, Noel Leader, former NYPD sergeant and co-founder of 100 Blacks in Law Enforcement Who Care. Noel, thank you so much for thank being you. with us. Um, first, I w before I get to all of our guests in studio, I just want to go to one of the newsmaker lines right now. We're going to bring in Emerald Snipes. She's one of the daughters of Eric Garner, and uh, she spoke out first right here on Hot 97 Street. So soldiers after her father was killed. Emerald, thank you so much for being with us. Emerald, are you there? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, thank you. Thank you for joining us, you know, for being with us here this morning. I wanted to ask you, how, how are you feeling about the one year anniversary? Because that had to be rough for you and go, going through Father's Day and then just having this. It was, it was pretty rough. And um. I got through it with the support of my family. You know, I spent I spent most of my time with my mom and my brothers, and you know, we we just basically been trying to heal over the year. And how do you feel? There was talk. You know, there was news about the settlement that your family reached five point nine million dollars with the city. How are you feeling about that? Because uh, you know, your 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 family said we're going to continue our fight for justice despite this this monetary award. Absolutely, we're gonna we're gonna continue to fight. We're not gonna stop fighting. We're we're gonna keep you know pushing for the policies and you know police training and police interacting interacting with the community. But we're gonna keep fighting. The settlement is not justice, you know. So the the fight the fight will never stop until we get justice for myself and as well as other families. 
and, and emotionally for you, for you and for your for your little daughter, what has this been like? It's been hard, you know. They, um, to, um, my daughter, she's three now, and she's getting older, and she's growing up. You know, just she's growing up in, in a world where you know she's taught in school. You know that the police are safe, but how can she feel safe when her grandfather, you know, was killed by the police, and we still haven't received justice? You know, she comes with me in National Action Network. You know, she came with me when I went to do a couple of interviews, and she she understands that three years old. She understands that, you know, her grandfather is my here. So, you know, it's been hard, but I always try to, you know, share with her memories and stuff that we used to do. And the times, you know, you remember Grandpa pushed you in the park and push you in the swing in the park, you know, stuff like that. So that's, that's how we... We cope. We tell stories about the past, and and keep his memory alive. Well, Emerald, I want to thank you so much for being with us, and uh, you know you have our our uh, support and appreciation for everything that you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, everyone. All right, Emerald. Thank you so much. That's Emerald Snipe. She's uh, one of the daughters of Eric Garner, and let's go right now to uh, Scott Stringer. He is the New York City controller. That is the person that basically, that is the person that basically is in charge of the money for New York City. That's about the best way that I can put it. And Scott, the uh, thank you for joining us again on Hot 97 Street Soldiers. Good to be back. Thank you. How do you determine a $5.9 million settlement? Well, part of my job as controller is to settle pre-litigation claims against the city, and my office does that about 2,000 times a year. We have taken it upon ourselves to also settle uh, civil rights cases. Uh, we've had a number of successes in creating settlements for people who were wrongfully imprisoned, in some cases for 17 to 25 years. And we try to balance the fiscal need of the city with doing the right thing and making sure we bring some closure for families and victims. And so this case was really about lawyers sitting down and working it out and coming up with a settlement that in the long run would save the city money but also save the family heartache and not litigating this for years and years and years. There are so many more important issues that we have to deal with as it relates to policing and community, and we should be about that business. And I hope that this settlement brings uh, some recognition that we have to do more. All right, uh, New York City Comptroller Scott Stringer, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, thank you. 1-800-223-9797. Hot 97 Street Soldiers. Hashtag Push for Peace. Next Saturday, 1 o'clock, it goes down. Brooklyn Borough Hall, our Push for Peace town hall show and pre-show event. We got uh, DJ Martian, who's going to be there giving us the music, giving us the beats. His MC out there is going to be with the one and only international rap battle champion, Murda Mook. Push for Peace giveaways. We've got a sponsor, um, Entree Lifestyle, T-shirts and accessories. They're going to be giving out uh, free things there, and we got a lot of other free prizes. And, of course, right now during this episode of Street Soldiers, we're talking about police community relations. Um, Noel Leader, there's been a lot of talk this year and the past year about changes in the police department. Where do you think we are? Do you believe there has been change? Well, if, if there has been change, it's only been cosmetic changes. Uh, the police commissioner talked and the mayor announced that there's going to be additional training. Um, but we've we've seen that pronouncement before. Um, you know, the the 
the gun training. He said there's two days extra, and you know, we, there's already presently there's two two days of training for police officers. There's going to be more emphasis on how to relate with community. Uh, but we've already had that. As a police officer, you know, we've had borough-based training that all, each uh, officer attends. So what I'm saying is that these are cosmetic changes. And, you know, I look at the individuals who are making these pronouncements, and there's a lot of reason for me to be somewhat hesitant. You know, don't forget police uh, Will, uh, William Bratton, who's now talking about community policing. Uh, when he came into police, uh, when he came to be the police commissioner under Giuliani, he's the one who ended uh, community policing. When he talked about training as it relates to Eric Garner, he was a police commissioner when Anthony Baez was choked, and he talked about training back then. You know, um, and that was after that they banned the chokehold, right. the use of the chokehold by the in the NYPD. Right, right. So he was the police commissioner when Anthony Baez was choked, and he talked about training back then. He's a police commissioner uh, when our brother now gets choked. And he's talking about training now. So there's a lot of reason for me to be hesitant about the sincerity of this police mission. All right, Kenneth Montgomery, where do you see us in terms of police community relations? Because you're, you're there as a criminal, uh, criminal defense attorney. You're also there as representing families, the Kamani Gray family and others. Where do you see us right now? I think we're in, a, in just the horrible spaces we've always been in. I, I think it's window dressing. Um, it's a political thing, and I think the things that are being done are not addressing what the issue is, which is uh, systematic and institutional racism on, on many levels, not just uh, court system, but political system, economic system on, on many levels. But how do you deal with that in a, in a way that the police department can quantify? Because everything is numbers. How do you how do you measure whether there become there's less racism or, the, or I, I less prejudice? I, I don't think you. I think uh, racism and prejudice is such a part of the fiber of this country that it, you you can't never really quantify that. I think what ha needs to happen is I think the community needs to finally shut the doors and, and repair itself and stop trying to uh, participate in this this circus-like atmosphere. All right, Dr. Darren Portia, there's been changes in police tactics this year, a big drop from what we're told in the number of stop and frisks. Do you see police officers acting differently towards the community this year since last year? Well, when you think about the drop in stop and frisk, that's attributed to Floyd versus the city of New York when you had this class action suit against the police department, which was determined that a disproportionately higher number of African-Americans and Latinos were stopped and frisked. Uh, so since that uh, case has been ruled on, the officers in the department has felt as if actions would be taken against them if they continuously stopped and frisked people. Therefore, therefore you had this decrease. But when we, in connection with the training, we have to look at two things. Right after, in the wake of, right after Eric Gardner, you had two co key components of training that were put in place. One was smart policing, and the second was humanity. Smart policing consisted of tactics, things to that effect. Humanities dealt with the psychological aspect of why do you conduct, uh, why are you a police officer? Those were, I believe they were knee-jerk reactions in connection with the police department in the wake of Eric Gardner. However, what's important is a vital component that's missing is implicit bias training. When you think about implicit bias training, it focuses more on your subconscious bias. An example, one person may say that, look, I'm not racist, I'm not, I'm not racist, I'm not prejudiced. However, our implicit bias subconsciously gives us, um, we, 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 pull from our socialization, whereas we may have a negative feeling towards African-Americans, Latinos, etc. That has not been focused on in, turn, in connection with this training that's been in put in place with the NYPD. And is and, that I'm just sorry. on the part of that, what you're calling implicit bias, is that just on the part of 
white officers or non-officers of color, or is that on the part of everybody once they get that blue uniform on? You make a great point. Implicit bias is something that impacts on everyone. Even minorities have implicit bias against other minorities. But one of the key components in the training that I failed to address initially was the police department traditionally has training consists of a chalk and talk lecture. People sit down, they hear it for six to eight hours and they go home. However, there hasn't been a practical component that's put in place where an evaluation phase occurred. When I say the practical phase, meaning, OK, we have the chalk and talk. You heard the lecture. Now we're going to evaluate you on a practical level to see if you're successful in a training we administered today. That has not yet been put in place. All right. We're going to talk about that. Um, and I'm going to bring in uh, Sergeant Benevolent Association. President Ed Mullins in just a moment. But first, Sinead, I want to bring you in. Uh, you took time out from college. You're a performance artist. You were instrumental in organizing a lot of the peaceful protests that saw tens of thousands of people on the streets of New York, many of them college students. What motivated you to, to make such a commitment to this? Um, honestly, was hearing the verdict on Darren Wilson. It was that day was when I decided to start the, um, I guess, the information for the protest um, from Leon's March. Having to see countless of bodies on television every day, I'm, I'm, it, it bothers me, it upsets me. And dealing with that, it's like, it's constantly traumatic. It's, it's too much, honestly. And um, ultimately, I think it's just wanting that to end and wanting to feel like, what can I do or what is there that I can do? How can I make, how can I make a difference in this? Um, me being just one person, but it's it's not just a one person thing. It's a community thing, and I've had a lot of help and a lot a lot of support and a lot a, a lot of network too from uh, from from other students too. Let me bring in Ed Mullins right now, president of the Sergeant Benevolent Association. Ed, thank you for joining us. Good morning, Lisa. Thank you. Good morning. How are you feeling about the state of police community relations one year after the Eric Garner case? I I think there is uh, still a need to establish a trust factor because everyone's still talking about it and you, you know it, the concept is that the police are the bad guy the police are the bad guy I, we feel that in the nypd that that's the perception and perception becomes reality so a year later if the general public and we see this across the nation are looking at the police as a as the bad guys then something stronger needs to be done to you know, change that, to fix that barrier that's in existence. And, you know, one of the points that was just made, I was listening to the, the practical experience of the training needs to apply. And I'm not so sure that that is exactly happening at this point. You have to believe in what you're taught. You have to then lead that type of life. But in the same aspect, um, people in, in the communities, particularly communities of color, also will need to be educated as to what the role of the police is and exactly why we do the things we do. And that isn't happening either. So if anything, a year later, we have awareness. Um, we have a lot of attention to it, but we need to focus 
in a stronger sense to create solutions. All right, hold on, Ed. We're going to take a short break. You're listening to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Lisa Evers. And uh, this coming Saturday, July 25th, 1 o'clock, it goes down Brooklyn Borough Hall. Thanks to Eric Adams' amazing team and Team Lisa, our amazing, incredible Street Soldiers team here on it. The Push for Peace show, go to lisaevers.com. Click on Community. You can get all the info right there. And let me let you know about Hot 97's On the Reggae Tip 2015. Performances by Assassin, Egyptian, Kali Buds, and Cranium, so many more. Tickets on sale this Monday on Ticket, that's tomorrow, on TicketWeb.com, On the Reggae Tip 2015, Friday, September 4th, on Governor's Island, made hot for you by Nutriment. Hot 97's taken over every weekend this summer with the biggest DJs. From now till Labor Day, every weekend is a Hot 97 Summer Mix Weekend. All the Hot 97 DJs and celebrity DJs mixing live. Mixing live. We get the mix poppin' every Friday at noon. And keep rocking right through the weekend. Keep your radios locked or listen on the Where Hip Hop Lives at. We're in the mix. Listen all weekend long. We are the soundtrack to the summer. Hot 97. It's time now to check in with our chopper and see what's going on out on the roads. Jim? Well, Bob, I'm flying over Northern Boulevard in Long Island City right now, and it's looking like a huge parking lot down there. There's got to be 3,000 vehicles just sitting there. 3,000 vehicles in one place? Jim, that's no traffic jam. You're flying over the huge lot belonging to Major World! If you're looking for a quality pre-owned vehicle, Major World has got over 3,000 of them. Name the make, name the model, we probably got it. Need a Toyota, a Nissan, or a Honda, a Lexus, a Mercedes, or a BMW? We've got them all! And some of our vehicles can be had for under $3,000! Plus, at Major World, 1% is all you'll pay to drive one away, or choose monthly payments as low as $79! And remember, your credit problems are no problem. Cal payments may vary based on severity of credit history. No, Bob, you're right. That is Major World. Hey, you down there! Save me that blue Toyota! Come to Major World! 4340 Northern Boulevard, Long Island City, Queens, close to the 59th Street Bridge. And if you can't get here, we'll come get you! Call 1-800-MAJOR-AUTO or go to MajorWorld.com! Hey, Paul, looks like we're coffee twins. We both got McCafe's. Oh, you mean my bean brew? Yeah, your fresh brewed McCafe coffee. No, I think you mean my mojo. My java, my morning joke. Okay, I get it. You want to use coffee slang. Well, let's drink this toasty roasty, Joe Bro. Whoa, Tom, don't get all weird on me. My bad. Whatever you call it, you'll love a rich, smooth, fresh brewed McCafe coffee from McDonald's. And now get any size McCafe coffee for just $1. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. A la carte only. Prices and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Lemonade. Get together this summer with McDonald's new Real Lemonade. Kick back with a classic lemonade garnished with a freshly cut lemon. A strawberry lemonade made with real strawberries. Or one of our refreshing frozen lemonades. The new Real Lemonades from a cafe. Made with no artificial flavors. So you'll be loving. All summer at McDonald's. At participating McDonald's for a limited time. You're driving a high-performance car, but you're still wearing your indoor eyeglasses in the glare of the sun? Honey, the stop sign! Next time, experience Xperia UV, superior polarized sunlight, and experience the difference. 
They eliminate 100% of blinding reflective glare and offer ESPF 50 plus the maximum UV protection available. Ask your eye care professional about Experio UV, superior polarized sun lenses in your prescription. For the best vision under the sun. Bobby, you're here again. Well, yeah, my doctor told me to reduce stress at work, so I come to Buffalo Wild Wings to eat lunch and watch sports. I get to pick one of seven entrees, like sandwiches and salads, plus one of seven sides. Oh, I like sides. It's so affordable, I can finally take a vacation. Where are you going to go? Here, Tim, here. Introducing the new B-Dubs Fast Break Lunch Menu, starting at a new low price. Dine-in or order takeout weekdays between 11 and 2. Participation and availability may vary. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. Hey, this is Vinny P. from Atlantic Hyundai. And right now is our Red Hot Clear the Lot sales event. We have cars on top of cars on top of salespeople on top of cars. And everything must go now. Check out our huge selection of brand new 2015 Sonatas. And as always, if you have $199 in a job and good credit, we can get you into a brand new Hyundai today. All back with Hyundai Assurance and America's best warranty. 10 years, 100,000 miles. Call us at 1-800-GREAT-CARS-NOW or online at AtlanticHyundai.com. Must have 750-plus credit to qualify. No two offers can be complete. Buy and see dealer for all options. Oh, <laughs> this beautiful bouncy hair? Well, I don't show this to just anyone, but this is my shampoo stockpile. That's right. Leaders upon leaders of the best shampoos and conditioners. What's my secret? It's Ulta Beauty's savviest sale of the season. Hundreds of jumbo size shampoos and conditioners are up to half off. Just $15.99 for your favorite salon professional brands like Redken, Paul Mitchell, and Sexy Hair? You'll find yourself stocking up too. Sale ends August 1st. Ulta Beauty. All things beauty, all in one place. Good burger, Sean? Yeah, great. French's ketchup, huh? Yeah. Didn't you know that French's ketchup is made with 100% real ingredients and no high fructose corn syrup? Really? Yeah, it tastes amazing. Hmm, smart kid. That's the French's way, Dad. Hey, it's Laura Styles, and here's what's hot. Join the Hot 97 crew at the 10th anniversary Lincoln Park Music Festival, July 24th to the 26th in Newark, New Jersey. One of the best free outdoor festivals on the East Coast. For more information, call 973-242-4144. And enter on Hot97.com for your chance to see Raekwon and Ghostface Killer tomorrow at Irving Plaza. The Hot 97 Summer Mix Weekend. All the Hot 97 DJs and celebrity DJs mixing live. That's right. Love that summer mix weekend. Welcome back to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Lisa Evers. And next Saturday, July 25th, starting at 1 o'clock, Brooklyn Borough Hall. It is going down. Our push for peace, thanks to Eric Adams, Brooklyn Borough President, his entire team, my team, Team Lisa, Street Soldiers crew. Uh, we are putting on the Push for Peace show. It's a live Street Soldiers town hall in front of a live audience. You can have your voice heard. You may even make it on the air. We also have a pre-show starting at 1 o'clock. The one and only DJ Martian, emceed by the one and only international battle rap champion, Murda Mook. So it's going to be crazy. We have free prizes. Did I say Michael Medium? Everything is free. Free food, free music, free everything. We've got community groups, dozens of community groups coming out to set up tables and uh, talk about the work that they're doing in our communities. So if you are a community leader, youth group leader, church leader and you work with our youth in a, a way that fits in with a push for peace theme that's push the number four peace that's also our hashtag you can hit up my executive producer tone capone tone the number four real at gmail.com that's tone the number four real at gmail.com and you can see the flyer go to lisaevers.com slash community and you can see the whole flyer right there it's going to be a, a really wonderful atmosphere fantastic music with dj martian we've got balloons uh decorations thanks to three in one 
events.com uh, and Anthony Ward and his team. We've got headphones that we're giving away. We've got uh, all kinds of sports gear, t-shirts, hats, everything. That's thanks to Entree Lifestyle t-shirts and accessories straight out of Brooklyn, a Brooklyn bread uh, brand right there. So the local businesses are coming out in force. Wayne Devonish, 500 Men Making a Difference. Um, it's going to be there. Uh, GMAC supporting us with the youth, bringing some of the youth that they've been working with there in Flatbush. We've got the Money and Violence crew. we got Caesar and Duchess, the Black Ink crew. We've got a bunch of NFL players. I can't say their names right now, but they're going to be coming through right before they head on to training camp, show some support for what we're doing. So it's a great, great event. And uh, make sure you come out. And this week, start using the hashtag push the number four piece on all your Twitter and IG posts and uh, you know we'll get it popping like that that's how we do right now we're talking about the police department and community relations a year since the Eric Garner case happened police department has made a number of moves they changed the marijuana laws they changed the uh, they changed the laws in terms of summonses on other crimes they say they've retrained and started to retrain the entire police department in terms of how they handle encounters with the public but have things gotten better um, have things gotten worse? They say crime is down to record lows. Stop and frisk numbers are way, way down. But uh, how are you feeling about that? Give us a call at 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. Joining me in studio, Kenneth J. Montgomery. He's a criminal defense attorney and civil rights attorney and law professor at Fordham University and former prosecutor. Also with us, Sinead Nichols. She's a performance artist who took time off from school, from college, to uh, help organize the protests and demonstrations, the peaceful protests and demonstrations that we saw on the streets here in New York City for weeks. Noel Leader, former NYPD sergeant and co-founder of 100 Blacks and Law Enforcement Who Care, Dr. Darren Porcher, criminal justice professor, former NYPD lieutenant. We got a lot of experience here. And on the phone line, Ed Mullins, president of the Sergeant Benevolent Association. And also, uh, let's go right now to Erica Garner, one of the daughters of Eric Garner. Erica, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Erica, good morning. Good morning. In terms of uh, in terms of looking towards the future, we spoke with Emerald, as you know, earlier in the show about about how she was feeling and how your family is doing. In terms of the fight for justice, your family's fight for justice moving forward, where is where does that stand, and and how are you feeling about that? Well, our first step is um, holding um, Governor Cuomo to the executive order for. Um, special prosecutor. So we dedicated um, a year to keep on um, keep keep putting pressure on this. And also, now it's time for the government. You have to go to to the government and ask where are the answers. It's been a year, and still we don't know. Um, you still don't know nothing. So my family is desperately desperately seek on um, seeking justice, and one day, you know, be able to hold these these um, officers um, accountable. All right, Erica, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. Okay. All right, thank you. Um, and l- let me bring in Ke- Ken Montgomery, the special prosecutor. One of the calls during the marches was for an independent prosecutor when there's cases like the Eric Garner case. Governor Cuomo signed an executive order uh, within the last couple of weeks, creating that for one year. In New York State, what do you think about that? I think it's it's um, it's good for the public. I don't think it's a real solution to anything. I think when you want to really address racism, that which is what this really is all about, 
this is just a way to window dress. Uh, Governor Cuomo is a political creature. Uh, anyone he points is of a political reason. Um, so now all of the racism that exists in, in the criminal justice system is going to be addressed because he appoints a special prosecutor. That, that's just uh, illogical. Uh, things that people need to understand is there's a thing called qualified immunity um, under the law, which most of these officers, all of these officers are protected by qualified immunity. And w until qualified immunity gets addressed, until we really look at what judges and prosecutors are doing in the court system. And listen, we have jurors. Jurors have these bias, uh, biasness that they bring to the table. A special prosecutor isn't going to address any of that. You don't think that's going to deal with anything? No. Ed Mullins, president of the Sergeant Benevolent Association. The, uh, in terms of this, this special prosecutor, what are your feelings on that? what's being said right now because um, unless I'm totally wrong you did say that uh, the gentleman speaking was an attorney this is Kat I am Montgomery, an attorney yes. how are you Mr. Mullins good how are you I'm all right. the, the idea of changing attorneys whether it be a DA from Monroe County or from Manhattan County or wherever you pick they still need to focus on whatever the investigation is according to the laws of New York State and you yourself who if you were the prosecutor, you would be guided by the foundations of law on the investigation. So I do agree that um, it, it's good for the public because it creates a venue for some kind of trust or the idea that something could change, uh, or at least a trust factor in the system. However, it really makes no difference who is prosecuting or doing the investigation because they are still governed by law. I agree. So you so you both agree on that, yeah, saying that this is just really thing. not changes. This is not a game changer. It's just window dressing. But Ed, let me come back to something, and I want all our panelists to weigh in on this, please. The Ed, you're talking about the community and the community needing to be educated. We look at the Mike Brown case in Ferguson. We look at Eric Garner. Look at other incidences that have happened where there's an element of resisting arrest, according to what police say, that takes place. Is this a big problem that people don't understand when police give an order? They People need to follow it? Absolutely. And we see that even in the white community because people who are not used to dealing with the police don't want to be arrested. They, they're on it. Yeah, but, but in the white community, counts. doesn't suffer from people being killed uh, no, no, as we, an we, epidemic. We've, and seen, we've seen, we've just seen, I'm not saying about being killed, but we've just seen, even across the country, there was, there was articles and papers where we, we've had white women with children in a car who were resisting arrest. And we've seen dash cams of what took place. But the issue comes down to education and explaining to people what takes place. If you are being arrested, you are going to be arrested, whether it's with one officer or 30. You're not going to just say this isn't happening and walk away from it. Noel, you've done, as 100 Blacks in Law Enforcement, you've done outreach in the community to educate people what to do when they're stopped by a police officer, how to conduct themselves, what the law is, and what their, what their rights are. Is this, especially the new generation, is there a problem with people with resisting arrest? They just don't understand that this is not you know, you can't do that. Well, I don't think it's more of a problem today, but let me go quickly back to this, the prosecutor. And your question, the call was for an independent special prosecutor, and that's not what we have with the, with the gov, uh, governor's election. We have another politician. But as it relates to resisting arrest, uh, you know, when when someone is, is ordered 
to conform with the officers uh, demand that they put their hands behind their back and they resist. The problem that we have now is the excess, excessive force. You know, the officers uh, methodology for getting that person under arrest. And that's what we unfortunately seen in, in Eric Garner's case. There was passive resistance, the same kind of passive resistance that we seen in the 60s with Martin Luther King and those individuals who went into to desegregate certain restaurants. The passive resistance. Eric Garner should not have been killed uh, although he passively resisted arrest by articulating that he doesn't want to be arrested anymore. Right, and there's a, there's a other factors, too, right. that horrifying so the, the, the lack the of medical care. excessive response right. to this passive resistance. You know, the force did not meet up to the level of resistance because he didn't physically resist. All right, let's go to, let's bring in Jay from New Jersey. Uh, Jay, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hello. Hey, Jay, turn the radio down, please, in the car. Okay. Is Thank that you. good? Yeah, that's good. What's your question or comment? Uh, basically, um, you just have to understand that this, the system, you have to fight a system against a system. You have to establish a system to fight a system that has been established in America. That's basically racist. You can't fight a system against individuals because the thing is, is that the individual is going to keep popping up and falling down and nothing is going to be changed. All right, all right, Jay. Thank you very much for the call. Let's go to uh, Sosa from New Jersey. Sosa, hi. You're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Good morning, everybody. Um, my question would be this: uh, Besides social network, and uh, you know, people say there there has been change and stuff like that. I really don't see it. I mean, yesterday we had demonstrators. Yes, I'm 34 years old, and I've been, you know, incarcerated before, currently on parole. That you know, but I, I see I see things on TV that I've never seen before. I see Black Panther parties. You know, getting a fight with the Ku Klux. I've never seen the Ku Klux Klan march anywhere, especially on TV, or get that type of publicity. Um, I, I just think that people say that there's change or they're working on this and working on that, but if we look in, you know, on, on our TV, I, I don't really see much change for anything. You go on World Star stuff like that. There's clips of police shooting other other people daily um, or every other day, for that matter. Um, but there's also you know, let's not let's not forget too that we've had police officers killed in this in this past year too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want to. I'm not just taking up. You know what? I have friends that are local. You know, local law enforcement and North Police Department. North is, you know, going nuts right now. You know, with street violence itself. So I'm not just exactly. And the the bottom the bottom line is, you know, that all the statistics, all the criminal justice professors tell us that it, that in terms of violence, most violence is committed by people of the same ethnic group against each other. And also, Absolutely. when something happens, you you call nine one one. I mean, you're, if you're calling nine one one for help, you want somebody to show up there and be professional and do it a hundred percent. You know. Absolutely. I have I one think. more thing to say with the with the resisting arresting. I've been incarcerated. I've been arrested for resisting arrest. Some of us don't understand, you know, um, resisting arrest. When when an officer, when, when you get pulled over or you're about to get arrested, if you don't know that you're about to get arrested, the police are trained sort of kind of to defuse the situation before it even starts. So their demeanor is already, it, it's, in, it's, it's, it's sort of intimidating. Because for them to control the situation, they have to take control of that situation. And that's what us as a people don't understand. Because once a police touches me, if he doesn't have the right to, my first thing is to defend myself. Okay, but this, the, Darren, what about that? Okay. So, so thank you so much for the call. I think one of the key elements here is we hear about resisting, the resi excuse me, resisting arrest. Officers, I agree with what the gentleman stated. 
you as an officer need to use your mind to try to attempt to defuse the situation. If you, if an officer's making an overwhelmingly high number of resistant arrests, then he's doing, he or she is doing something wrong. The key is to tactically place yourself in a, in a position where is you can prevent these things from happening. Are you going to have people that resist arrest? Absolutely. However, the better officers are going to be less apt to make resistant arrest types of arrests. All right, so, Ed, Ed, Ed Mullins. In terms, in terms of the education of the public, does this concern you that? People that this about this resisting arrest issue. I think the gentleman who just spoke was incarcerated is bringing up some valid points, but it's concerning because you know one of the examples that was given was that if I'm grabbed, I'm going to you know fight back because I'm being manhandled or whatever it was. At the end of the day, we all choose to live in this country. We all understand the laws. And we could look at an officer that everyone in this country knows, Stephen McDonald, who approached a couple of individuals in Central Park, and Stephen was known as Father McDonald. He approached a couple, and he was shot and paralyzed by a 13-year-old boy. So the other side of that is more police officers are killed in this country than we are actually involved in killing perpetrators. And uh-huh. no one's talking about that. What do you mean? That's not, that there's more, that's you're, not saying, true. you're saying there's more said. police officers killed in the United absolutely. States in the line of duty than there are absolutely. unarmed that's civilians. That's absolutely, absolutely incorrect. Show no, me the not. statistics. No, point that, point to me where that, those statistics state that. Please. All right, I'm I think a former prosecutor as well. Point to and that. At the end of the day, Lisa, what is the end game? What is the end game to build these bridges and establish education? Because we're all talking about education. So... We need so where do you get that? Where that. do you get that education? Because whether you're, whether you're somebody that that has never been in trouble with the law, never gone through the system, or and, whatever, and those meetings at Statcom and 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 Comstat, uh, how many people look like the people in the communities that you're patrolling in those meetings, right. Sergeant Mullins? I'm sorry. Can you and those com- you're talking about the, the racial the comps, makeup of the police the department. And the stat, when you go down to one police plaza and you sit down with the big wigs and the, and the uh, people from the mayor's office, how many people look like the people in the communities in which the New York City Police Department is patrolling for the most part? And because what do you they, in terms of the in terms of the racial, sixteen percent of the. Uh, African American. I didn't population. ask about. I asked about when you sit in those smoky rooms and you lock the door and I you sit down and you talk about <laughs> politics of policing. How many people that you're sitting down with look like the right. members of the community that you're patrolling? And I can answer. It's very well, I'll answer for Ed Mullins. And Ed Mullins, sixty percent of the police department, department is not African American. A diverse name. We have a deputy. I'm not talking about. You know, I'm talking about at those meetings that you sit. Listen, I was a former prosecutor. I see who sits down and develops policy. Okay, but is that gonna is that gonna really change in terms of the, in terms of the day to day? Isn't the most urgent issue the fact that we have a lot of people in our communities, all communities, that don't understand how to conduct well, themselves well, when the police well, that, but, but confront see, them? And also, Ed, but, is there a disconnect with the police? Has the police culture not adapted to society in terms of how to approach people? Well, you have to remember where the police come well, from. There's a disconnect from gangs. because it's now become an us versus them mentality. And it always sad. been that, though. That's sad. When is it, have, when is it not end, been that, though? Darren, what about end, that? At the end of the day, people in all communities should want a safe community. And right. that's the job I think people do. Right, yes, I, th- I, think people, I think people do, but I think they also... Then we should all be working for the same goal. And if there's a problem, 
Um, and they're obviously the problem because we're seeing it nationwide. Right. We problem. should we should be sitting at tables with real solutions to, so that everyone is working together. I work One. in predominantly African American community, and my first impression of, of seeing violent crime and getting no witnesses was that the people didn't care. But then I learned that they were afraid to become witnesses because they were living in violent communities. Yeah, but also so, you you also but but that that's you're looking at it okay, in a let's vacuum. Lo- let's look at the history of policing let, in black the, communities. Okay, and and that's a whole other show and let's look forward because we don't have that much time and I want to start focusing on solutions and what needs what needs to be done because that's what needs to be done, Lisa. The right okay, people who are open-minded. Dar- Dr. Darren Porter, former NYPD okay, lieutenant. One of the key issues here is the police department's ex- executive branch lacks diversity. Yes. When we look at what happened in Staten Island, which is what Ken of, was saying, one of the first <laughs> things that happened was they placed um, a black executive officer in Rodney Harrison out in Staten Island, and the he and that was done with the expectation of the does that does that insult voice. you as an African American man? Did that insult you? I understand it because perception is key. But when we look at what the diversity is on an executive level in a place like Staten Island, it's very limited. And the police department and the police commissioner on many instances have stated, look, color doesn't matter to me. It's one's ability to get the job done. But unfortunately, you, the people need a voice, and they want to see people that assimilate them in the police department. That has tragically failed in a police department. And when we look at the floor. 70s, we look at the floor. 70s compared to now, even Deputy Commissioner Julian stated, there's been the diversity in the police department has failed. What is going to be done? And when you look at what you do as a union leader, how do you step into the communities and approach people of color and say, look, we want you to come on to the police department. That's where you, sir, well, can take a step in that right direction. By September, you're going to see what this union is doing to do that. You've been They're there much longer together. than September, sir. Right. I'm sorry? You've been there much longer than September. In your tenure as well, a union leader, what I have you done to affect Okay, well, let, him, let him answer. A lot longer and his nation hasn't solved the problem. So the flip side of it is, at least I'm doing something. Right. At well, least I'm doing something. Well, we, <laughs> we, we, so, so Noel, what, what about what about the the, the diversity right. issue? Because the NYP, the police commissioner, the mayor, diversity's flawed. Because right. Chief Harris is in Staten Island, is put there, but Staten Island is a predominantly white borough. If you yeah, look absolutely. at Brooklyn North, it's a predominantly black borough, and we have chiefs over there. To represent that borough, right. but well, we're not talking about that. This now. this this administration has failed horribly as it relates to uh, recruiting African Americans. We've had the lowest numbers in the last two or three academy classes than we've seen in decades, and that's a reflection on this police commissioner. That's a reflection on our mayor. And all studies have shown when the police department reflects a community that they serve, you have a better police department. But they also admit that as a result of the years of stop, question, and frisk. That there's been, that the perceptions, especially among uh, young people that would be eligible to enter the police department, that that's changed and that that's a problem. They're trying to re- they say they're trying to repair that, but Noel, what do they need to do? Right, no, they need to sincere, sincerely uh, go after um, and stop African Americans from being knocked off the um, the uh, applicant investigation roles. It's not a lack of African Americans who are qualified. You know, if you look at the the um, hospital police, mostly African American. If you look at correction officers, mostly African Americans. School safety officers, mostly African Americans. Um, traffic officers. The problem is racism exists within the recruitment <laughs> process of the New York City Police Department. It is always the you're, you're saying that. All right, let me let me bring in let me let me bring in the uh, to the discussion. Go ahead, Ed. What'd you say? We're claiming racism exists in the police department in Baltimore, and yet that's a 50% diverse police department. No, we're talking about New York City. Somewhere along the line, we 
racism. No, what do you mean we can't well, keep we, blaming well, racism? If you don't know American history, and that's the problem, my my opinion, that's the problem with us as a country. people and country in general is that we don't want it. We ignore the pink elephant in the room. I don't think that's true. We've elected an African American president. So, where, so what does that mean? And also, under his tenure, you've had how many shootings? How many shootings? Let me say real quick. All right, let let me just bring let me bring in real quick uh, Robert Ganges, the director of the Police Reform Organizing Project. Uh, Bob, thank you for being with us. Uh, We just got a couple of minutes here, but what do you see as the top priority for change in the NYPD? We've been talking about diversity. We're talking about a lot of different issues. Thanks, Lisa. Well, all the research shows that diversity has no effect on police performance. As long as you have a system of policing under the NYPD, which is what we have now, which is quota-driven, broken windows policing, uh, anyone who joins the police force, whether they're black or white or brown, whether they're a man or woman, they have to get with the program to succeed within the police department. Absolutely. And broken windows policing, driven by a quota, means that they will concentrate on arresting and ticketing sometimes for really no good reason, because they're driven by the quota system, low-income people of color. At the beginning of the Eric Garner video, we all remember when he says, I can't breathe 11 times. At the beginning, he says, this stops today. What he was talking about was, in effect, the impact of broken windows policing on him. That would have been the ninth time that they arrested him for selling loose cigarettes. And the evidence is he wasn't even selling loose cigarettes on that day. You were talking about resisting police earlier, uh, resisting arrest earlier, and one of the reasons people resist arrest is because they can't understand why the police are arresting them for things like, and this happens in New York City, Police arrest people for having their foot up on a subway seat mm-hmm. at 2.30 in the but, morning. But what about police the... Police arrest uh, people for jaywalking. On but sidewalk. what about the whole thing where now they're supposed to be giving more summonses instead, yeah, instead of arresting people? people. Hasn't that changed? Getting summonses. And, it's and then if you don't show up for your summons... Please, uh, if I may... Yeah, go, go ahead. Go ahead, Ed. The points that are being made by the gentleman speaking, a very valid point, and instances where someone's feet are up on the subway, it's just as easy to say, take them down. Right. It's right. just as easy to do that. Quotas have been a problem for many years in this department, and I, I agree with many of the points that are being made. Thank you. Wow. Okay. Well, on that note, guys, we're just about out of time, so I'm going to end on the note of harmony with you. I want to thank uh, Ed Mullins, president of the Sergeant Benevolent Association, for coming on. Hot 97 Street Soldiers again, and also Robert Ganji with PROP, the Police Reform Organizing Project. Bob, thank you so much for being with us. All right. Thank you, Lisa. And hopefully we can get both of you in studio. Uh, and, oh, and, yeah. I'd be very interested in that. In studio next time. Okay, great. And then, um, Ken, what about what he was saying? And, and as, as we look forward, what's like one thing that could be done, do you think? I, I honestly, um, I'm of the opinion that the black and Hispanic community needs to close the doors and reflect and come up with ideas uh, on their own, out of the public's eye, out of trying to cooperate with the system that's historically been anti them. All right, Sinead, what's your uh, final thought? Wholeheartedly agree. Um, we're trying to beat a system that was not made for us in mind, so why keep trying to fit into this mold? I think. Again, agree. Um, we create solutions on our own. We essentially sever the tether. Mm-hmm. All right, Darren Porcher, final word? I think that shows like yours are a platform to change. When we look at change, there's a multicosm of uh, points that come into play, but this is very important. Our voices need to be heard in order to affect change in the society. All right, uh, Noel? We have to understand the problem is Mayor de Blasio and Police Commissioner Bratton. These are the ones that are instituting and maintaining these policies. And don't fall for the okie doke. 
Yeah, okay. Well, there it, there it is. And everybody that was on hold, I'm sorry we didn't get to your telephone calls. Uh, please follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at Lisa Evers. We'll continue the discussion. Facebook, um, Lisa Evers. That's the blue check mark verified. And also, I want to let you know, again, in case you're just joining us within the last few minutes, uh, next Saturday, July 25th, is our Push for Peace show. It's a town hall. We do street soldiers in front of a live audience. You could possibly end up on the air, have your voice heard. We also have an exciting pre-show with DJ Martian, emceed by the one and only international rap battle champion, Murder Mook. We have all kinds of celebrities coming through, Caesar and Duchess, Black Ink Crew, NFL stars, uh, Papoose. We have all sorts of, of stars, entertainers, athletes coming through the show. You can get your picture taken with them. You can win free prizes like T-shirts, accessories from Entree Lifestyle. It's a Brooklyn-based uh, brand. And we have a lot of free food thanks to Wayne Devonish and 500 Men Making a Difference. We have all kinds of uh, free giveaways for you. It is free, free, free. If you are a community group, church group, youth group, and you would like to bring your group, you'd like to be part of the community roundtable, we have another, we have a whole section of the pre-event, of the pre-show, where we have the community group set up, and they talk with people, they uh, can get some of the people involved with what their activities are. Uh, GMAC is going to be there, shout out to Shanduke McFadder and all the youth working in Flatbush, uh, they're going to be there with us. And many other organizations. So if you are a leader of one of these organizations, we still have room for a couple more tables. Uh, please give my executive producer an email, tone the number four real at gmail.com. That's tone the number four real at gmail.com. And if you want more information about this fabulous event made possible um, by Hot 97 and also Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams and his incredible team, you can log on to lisaevers.com. Just click on community. You'll see the flyer and all of our contact information is right there. If you represent artists and you want to have your artists come through for the celebrity stroll and selfie station and get shouted out and uh, be a part of this, you can hit up tone, tone the number four real at gmail.com and uh you know what it is lisaevers.com we got this episode of street soldiers will be up shortly thanks to michael medium check me out on the fox 5 news at 6 and 10 later on today uh tomorrow i have a special coming out on fox 5 news at 10 it's going to be looking into the birdman little wayne situation the escalating uh feud there how dangerous it is with a uh, young thug and uh, all, this, all the things that have been going on there in the last couple of weeks, we'll get you up to speed on that. And also the New York connection, what the New York connection is on that. So we'll be breaking some news tomorrow night at 10 o'clock on Fox 5 News at 10. So make sure you tune in. And if you follow me on Twitter, you'll, get, you'll see my tweet. You'll be reminded, at Lisa Evers, to check that out. Michael Medium's giving me the get off the air, all right. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> anyway, I want to thank everybody here at Hot 97, our general manager, Dion Levinston, our program director, P.O. And uh, music director T.T. Torres, our digital director Jeffrey Thacker, my and my whole Street Soldiers team, and uh, executive producer Tone Capone, producer Rose D, production assistants Melissa Quinones, uh, Mia Bell, uh, board op and digital support, the one and only Michael Medium. So thank you all very much for listening. This show will be up on LisaEvers.com, and you'll see it. Twi- we'll tweet out a link shortly. And uh, have a great week. We'll see you next Saturday, 1 o'clock, Brooklyn Borough Hall, as we kick off the Push for Peace. Big shout out. And Brooklyn, I know you're going to come out strong like you did last year. I can't wait. That's one of my my favorite, favorite, favorite events of the whole year. Have a great week, everybody. Um, remember, use your mind. It's your best, best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. Enjoy the summer mix weekend. I'm Lisa Evers. Push for Peace. 
This week at Hot 97, sending you to the Budweiser Made in America Festival in Fit.